On your journey through life, you are the hero. There are times, however, when it is beneficial to have an advisor to guide you along your path. Welcome to the Smart Money Simplified Podcast with Brent Mikosh, Certified Financial Planner, Certified Investment Management Analyst, and Co-Founder of MP Advisors, LLC. In this podcast, Brent discusses some of the most important and interesting topics of the day as they relate to finance, the economy, and beyond. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to Smart Money Simplified with Brent Mikosh. Brent, what's going on? What is going on? Well, I was up in the mountains camping with my son this weekend, and I managed to, nice. to do a pretty good number on my Jeep Cherokee. Oh, <laughs> so that's no. what's going on. <laughs> it, is in, it is in getting fixed. My son thought it was the best thing in the world, but uh, when you're way deep in the woods, um, basically bending your rims and ripping a tire off is probably not the best solution, oh, no. <laughs> but he thought it was cool, so, so it worked out all right. How there are you, you doing? Go. Yeah, I'm, man, I'm fantastic. It's funny because last week I was driving a Jeep Cherokee also, but it was just basically all over Texas for ungodly amount of hours uh, to go visit family and, and, you know, back and forth into Nebraska. That's a lot. But that Jeep was great. Yeah, it works. works. Sometimes. It <laughs> didn't in my case, but it works no, sometimes. No bent rims on my side. Well, yeah. I know you've got a guest on the show today. Who'd you bring on? I do. I'm really excited about this. Uh, this weekend, I read a book, uh, Sunday evening, actually. It's a really dense read and worth everyone's time. It's called Epic Life. That's mm. by Justin Breen. And Justin is the founder and CEO of a global PR firm, BR Epic Communications. And he also has an exclusive connectivity platform with BR Epic Network. Uh, this is his second book. But, um, you know, I'll even, go, I'll even say this in the beginning. If anyone reaches out to me personally after uh, listening to this podcast and is intrigued and wants a copy of this book, first 10 people to do it, I'm happy to send them a copy of this book because I nice. thought it was definitely worthwhile. And, um, uh, not just in terms of from a business standpoint and uh, you know, learning lessons to hopefully be more effective in everything that we're doing during the day, but there's tons of takeaways even in your personal life. And, and Justin, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open it with this, and then we can uh, dive into a little bit more of your background. One of the things that really impressed me when I read this book is, I would say, and tell me if I'm wrong here, but the primary lens almost that you're looking at your professional life and your professional networks through is you realize right off the bat, you're trading time with your that you're trading time with these people away from your family. And, and I, that was one of the most significant takeaways that I had. And you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Well, one, it's great to be here. I wish folks could have heard me trying to set up my microphone. I'm a low implementer and that kind of stuff is a nightmare for me. But in terms of connecting top visionaries on planet and getting them in media, uh, on global level, that's that's pretty easy, but connecting a microphone, <laughs> not good, not good. Um, and what my brain does is, is it simplifies everything into a pattern. And then, you know, I was a journalist for 20 years, so you don't get into that for employee count, office space, revenue. I don't, I don't understand any of that. And so, you know, I just simplify my life and basically I'm either spending time with my wife and two sons who are 10 and eight or talking to top entrepreneurs on planet. So not business owners, not consultants, not humans, just top entrepreneurs. And, and my litmus test is it's very simple as if I talk to someone, I mean, you're a top entrepreneur. I talk to someone like you provide endless value, lifetime friendship, talk to someone who's not like that. And they're going to take time away from me and my family. I'll never talk to that person again. Because why would you spend time with someone who's going to take time away from you and your family or loved ones? Like that makes absolutely no sense to me. 
And, and that that really came through in the book that and I think all of us too. it, it, it definitely caused me to pause a little bit. And I'm really fortunate when our phone rings here in the office uh, at this point in my career, everyone that's calling in, th there's no time that the phone rings and it's not somebody I'm excited to talk to. And it's, it's a real, I guess, place of gratitude when you can finally get to that. Mm -hmm. But I think that with your book and you talk about implementing things as, as quickly as you do, or that that's really the lens that you look through, I would say it definitely applies to the book. I mean, I was able to sit down in one evening and, and really digest this and I've got it dog-eared and everything else. And there's a lot of great lessons in here. And I think it, it, on the top end, of course, it's just kind of key values and also, um, you know, the gratitude that I think that you're bringing towards, towards your life into all these relationships as well. And I want to talk about that. But before I do that, I want to talk about what made you make the leap into, into this communications, into this marketing firm that you, that you run now. You mentioned that you were formerly a reporter. And, uh, you know, five years later, you're not a reporter anymore. You've got, <laughs> you've got a number of other businesses going on. So talk to me about the catalyst for doing what you do now. Well, I've noticed you said grateful many times. Um, I've found that I just constantly practice gratitude and being grateful because when you're constantly grateful, it's hard to be ungrateful. And then gratitude attracts gratitude and then it repels uh, arrogance. So I've, I've found that's another interesting pattern, but. So thanks for saying grateful so many times. I strongly believe you're either born a top entrepreneur on planet or you're not. I just, you know, I think most people would choose to have people calling the office and all of, and you're excited about all of them or make as much money as you want to spend as much time with your family and friends as you want to go out, take a year sabbatical around the world and go off the grid in the United States like you did. I mean, I think most people would choose that. And then if you tell them, well, yeah, you can do that. But to do that, you know, most of my days talking to the world's top entrepreneurs, I have not met one, not one yet. I don't think I ever will. That has not overcome at least one of the following four things, most are two or three, and then higher up on the food chain, it's, it's uh, threes and fours. So the four, this is what separates entrepreneurs from humans, business owners, consultants, all, all that other stuff. So four things are bankruptcy or potential bankruptcy two depression three, the highest level of anxiety that you can imagine, and four, likely and or possible traumatic experiences as a child or young adult. So business owners, consultants, humans, or that those are excuses. People like us figure it out. And now, however, however, many times the figure it out leads to creating massive company, massive revenue, massive employee account, all that stuff. And then many times, certainly not always, but many times it's at the expense of anything meaningful or having relationships in their life. So, okay. So that's the, the background, the blueprint. And I know you're a learner one, so I think you appreciate that and strategic too, but you know, so I was a journalist for 20 years, simple timeline, uh, had job salary cut in half, couldn't find a job, uh, incorporated with zero business background. I still don't know what an S corp is. Cause I think it's funny to act actively not learn what that is. Um, cause <laughs> that's just business owner stuff that I don't really care about, but um, so while I was working full-time at half the salary, uh, reached out to 5,000 people to find first five clients. So one out of a thousand said, yes, I uh, got fifth client resigned the next day. And then at the time he's since retired, which I think is interesting, but Robert feeder did a story. I'd started my own firm. So that was February 10th, 2017 to June 5th, 2017. Most people can't, I mean, most people can't do that. That's why they're not top entrepreneurs on planet. It, it does take um, a very long time to, in many cases, to launch the business and at least get it to get the traction where you are. Uh, you mentioned in your book that 
because you had done reporting, you, you at least had a Rolodex of, of some connections. Yes. Was it was it the fact that you did have these connections in place already? Did you already understand that those connections were important or when you were finally put under the fire where you had to either you know take half salary or start your own business? Was it then that you realized how valuable these connections were? Well, you know, I think the thing with life is the only way to learn anything is by taking action and then and then you learn from what happens. I just I don't understand people that overthink and never do anything. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And I know you've read the book. I appreciate that. But my litmus test is my father, who was 61 when I was born. Uh, He'd be 102 if he was alive. World War Two hero. Um, he was shot down multiple times in combat in World War II, many times without a parachute. And he just he just get back in the plane. So, I mean, that's my litmus test. I mean, that's that's entrepreneur life. And I learned how valuable those connections were, certainly as a journalist, because those were sources and people that would retweet a story or share it on social media, provide story tips. You know, so I knew the value in that, but I didn't know what the actual true value was until job salary was cut in half and couldn't find a job. But the whole point is, I wouldn't have learned that unless I had built up the source at the start. You know, it was tens of thousands of folks when job salary was cut. And it's a different, it's a different type of source list now before it was, or I guess different type of network now before it was, you know, you know, it was, uh, it was other PR firms. It was uh, lots of journalists. Um, it was lots of sources for stories and now it's certainly still journalists, but it's more top entrepreneurs on planet. And that's just how it's evolved. But again, the only way to actually learn anything is by taking action. That's the only way you can never learn anything. So people that talk and don't take action, I just, I cannot understand that in any capacity. You also mentioned your book. And I thought this was interesting. That's, uh, you know, companies aren't businesses, but rather collaborative platforms, and I've, I have a variation of that. I've always thought that uh, in the businesses, it, at the risk of sounding too, I guess, esoteric, I think it's almost a, it's a spiritual activity. Hundred percent. You know, you, you're you're trading you're trading your time, and hopefully, you're supporting your family by doing so. But there's got to be a deeper meaning in it. And uh, I had not thought of it as a collaborative platform. But uh, do you want to expand a little bit more about like what that means to you? Well, one, you're a very high level thinker. I'm guessing you know, traveling the world and then going off the grid was a great experience for you because you got to see what actually mattered in life and then see how people live their lives in so many different ways and so many different cultures. That would have been an interesting, that would have been an interesting experience. Um, And again, being a journalist for 20 years, it was a great, I mean, honestly, it's, it's somewhat similar to going off the grid from business world because there's no, that's not business world stuff. And being a journalist, it's about purpose, creating value, um, sharing stories with the world. So the purpose of my life is to be a connecting superhero for every visionary abundance investment mindset entrepreneur, entrepreneur, not business owner, not consultant, not human entrepreneur. There's a fundamental difference and share their stories with the world, the, not their, their world people that I don't, I don't, that bores me, but the world people very, they're very interesting and they want to be connected to other, the world people. So that's the purpose. You know, you talk about spiritual, that's the purpose of my life. The question I get a lot, which I think is really interesting. I'd like to know your take on this, but you know, I get a lot of like, well, do you ever 
plan to sell either of your companies or whatever comes from this, I go, well, no, why would I sell the purpose of my life? That makes absolutely no, it's like, why would I do that? I would never want to do that. And I, you know, all, all the companies are just giant incubators of geniuses and we're constantly introducing each other for mutual gain. The byproduct is constantly getting intros to companies around the world that want to hire a PR firm and that want to be part of connectivity platform. I mean, it, it really eliminates all this business owner stuff that very grateful that I didn't learn any of that in college or even in the first 20 years of, of professional career. Yeah. I, I think in terms the question I always, I, when I'm asked that question by, by clients or people that I care about uh, that are considering making an exit from a business, my first question is always, what would you do? <laughs> you know, what, what would you do? And, and there, there are plenty of cases where, the business is not, it's not a passion. It's not a calling right. to them. Uh, they, they might've been able to, to build it up very successfully just through pure grit and determination or through a, a variety of other factors. And if that's the case, and if they hate it, because I've met people that, uh, that I would say have been entrepreneurial that have b- built a business that they hate. Yeah. Uh, that happens. The most miserable people that I, I mean, they're miserable because they have, so here, here, this is interesting. I was, this is why I was excited to talk to you because I, I just see the patterns of things. So what, what I have seen happens and maybe this is slightly different from what you just said, but, you know, as a journalist, I actually don't really like to talk that much unless it's a, a format like this. I'd rather listen. And so what I see is folks start out as true entrepreneur creators many times. And then what happens is uh, they get trapped into being business owners. They're not, and they're not, they don't, they don't care about any of that stuff. They think it's what society wants them to care about, but they don't. And then they get trapped into being business owners and then, and they're just miserable human beings because they're not business owners, they're entrepreneurs and, and they don't care about revenue. They think society tells them to, or they, they don't care about employee count, but they think society, you know, that's important or making these lists of things that it's just material stuff. And, and they, and they gain all this material stuff at the expense of anything, anything meaningful. And I've seen that time and time and time and time again, and it's really sad. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, along those lines is, is you've got to, this is to me just kind of talking out loud here. You've got, and you, you mentioned this also in your book, you've got to try to put the people in place that can take care of all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you ask me in terms of the actual business side of what I do here in terms of running the business, because, you know, those those that work with me, they know, you know, we're, we're essentially an independent contractor for Raymond James. So we're 1099 from Raymond James and, and we kind of do our own thing from here. Right. I don't like the minutia of the job. Of you know, I, you hire a dynamite accountant, you hire a great attorney. Uh, I'm very fortunate in here where I've got two people, two people that are, that are that are absolutely critical to for us to provide the service we want to to our clients. And for me, the the business is the vehicle to work within the relationships with the people. Absolutely. And that that's that's really that's what I that's what I get from that. And I think that uh, for me anyway, when I look at, at what we do for a living, I mean, the ability for us to impact interact with people in something as important as finances is absolutely remarkable because it touches every other area of their life. And uh, if we're doing it right, then then hopefully, uh, then hopefully they feel the same way about us. You really, it's it's again, it's collaborative, and, and I absolutely enjoy that. But I think as a business owner, you've got to also you got to find the right people, and you also have to have a huge degree of trust. And I will say that um, whenever I have tried to sort of go out of my lane in terms of of what my skill set is, Uh-oh. and sometimes you have to because you're exploring a new idea and you're just not ready to, you're not 
you just kind of test in the waters. But if it's something we're serious about, find the right people to help you out <laughs> and do it that way. No question. Well, uh, um, I know, I know um, you'd wanted to talk about Colby K O L B E. It's not. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll simplify it as much as possible. So it's not what your personality is. I don't care what someone's personality is. It's how, how they take action. Um, and so your score is five, two, eight, four. So the first one is a five, uh, that's fact finder. That's, that's relatively high. 10 is the highest. The next one is two, your follow through. That is very typical of a visionary. Um, and so, uh, most visionaries have high quick start, which is you for sure. You're an eight again, 10 is the highest with two follow through. So that's ADHD diagnosed or undiagnosed, not a disorder <laughs> sign of genius. Uh, I mean, that's what it is. So if you don't hire a bunch of people, nothing's ever going to get done or it will get done and it's a nightmare for you. Okay. So, and then four, which is implementer. That's like using your hands, building stuff. So that doesn't surprise me at all that you go out in a Jeep with your family and go out in the outdoors, maybe build a fire or something like that. Okay. So, so I'm eight, six, seven, one, which is a, it's a unicorn score. I've never met another eight, six, seven, one. I don't think I ever will. Um, so I'm high fact finder eight high follow through, which is very, very, very rare for people like us. And I have high quick start. So say it, do it, say it, do it, say it, do it, hit the gas, pump the brakes, hit the gas pump. It doesn't get handed off to 300 people. It doesn't get forgotten about. And then my high quick start, I can keep up with a visionary and follow through. So it's, it's just rare. I mean, educate me on this though. So if it's high quick start eight, I get that yeah. in terms of follow through, does, does that mean, cause I do think that that everything that I've set out to do uh, gets completed. I'm not, I, I can get, I can get distracted. The shiny thing can definitely draw my attention at times, but right. if I really, you know, put my mind to finishing something, it gets done. Uh, what does that follow through? Cause I looked at that. And I was like, I'm not a two follow through. I do everything that I say I'm going to do. What, what's the, what does that mean? How many people do it for you? Like, meaning like, um, in terms of the technical aspects of your company, um, I'm a, yeah, I mean that's a tough that's a tough one to answer because you know through RJ there's thousands of people that, that we tap into those networks here in the office we've got three. Yeah, the umbrella. You have an umbrella, which is yeah great. Um, what I have found with folks with eight, nine, or ten quick starts with three, two, or one follow throughs that they they can do the follow through, but it's it's very it's 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 outside of their comfort zone, outside of their unique ability, outside of their zone of genius. Like they can do it, but it's taxing. It's taxing mentally for them. And that's why it's so great. What you said before about having the right, having the right people in place, because you have people that you can trust to do that for you. I mean, and I'll, I'll double down on this. I would describe my myself as a, an integrating visionary. So visionary, but also can integrate. I would say you're a true visionary, a true, a true visionary is an eight, nine or 10 quick start. That's directly from Colby. And then I talked to Gino Wickman a lot, uh, EOS. So eight, nine or 10. And then for, for my second company, my partner, Mark Fujiwara, he's a one, five, nine, six, which is, that's the ultimate unicorn score. He's a, He's a one fact finder. He does eight and nine figure deals in financial industry, um, eight, nine 
and eight, nine figure placements with a one fact finder. He's a five follow through a nine quick start and a six implementer. So it's very collaborative with my eight, six, seven, one. And he is a visionary integrator. So full backstage, think of it as like compliance. I mean, this is not fair to describe Mark for as compliance, but full backstage, but with a nine quick start, bigger visionary than I am. So I'm an integrating visionary. He's a visionary integrator. But when you say one is a fact finder, does that mean that he's primarily just running off of his instinct? And pure not, gut and his pure nine gut. quick start. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In the, in, and, um, yeah, so technically he's part of Baird, technically, but he's <laughs> he's an like you, he's an entrepreneur who has and and high fact finders, with the exception of me, because I'm an eight, it really annoys him because it really slows him down. Yeah. Now let's talk about you you talk you talk in your book about obviously COVID hits and everyone's got to do a big pivot here. I would argue that we're we're sort of in another massive disruption inside of three years now in terms of a lot of things that are happening economically. I mean, we're in an entirely new interest rate regime that we've not been in for a long time. You've got uh, a lot of uncertainties occurring around the world. Yeah. The the conversations that I'm having with people, even people whose whose lives have not necessarily been directly impacted by some of the challenges the world's facing right now, everybody's got a degree of of concern. Hmm. That also creates a great, a great degree of opportunity. 100%. But what, what do you think now, you know, looking at the world as it is, where do you think some of the greatest opportunities are? And it doesn't mean it, it can mean in terms of, um, I, th I find that when you have, when you have times like now where it is uncertain, people are really open for connections. I mean, in my business personally, during COVID, if you didn't grow dramatically and you were in my business during COVID, you missed the boat because our clients were all home. You know, people, people that it was impossible for me to, even if they were existing clients already, it was impossible to reach them in person. You had a captive audience. Everybody was home and everybody wanted to talk. Are, are we in a similar situation to that now? Or, or what do you think the future landscape is going to bring here in the next couple of years from a business standpoint? Thank you for that background. And thank you for those questions. It's it, both excellent. One of the chapters in the new book is uncertainty is an opportunity to collaborate on the strength finders, I'm 32 out of 34 in ideation, almost dead last. However, uh, most of my day is talking to ideator futurists who have a mix of activator, maximizer, achiever. So they're off in ideal land. We'll, we'll do something about it now. I'm almost dead last in ideation, very low in futuristic, but top three are activate, maximize, achieve. So immediately simplify. Oh, there's a great idea. I'll do that. And then, oh, hey, I just torched my family or never had a family for this life. That's a bad idea. I'm going to activate, maximize, achieve not doing that. So that's, that is how my brain works. So I depend on folks like you to provide, oh, here's what's happening in the future and then activate, maximize, achieve that. So, um, I mean, second company started that right in the middle of COVID. Um, I've, I've met Mark two times in person. He's in San Francisco. I'm in Chicago. I mean, uh, this second book, which just came out, um, Peter Diamandis wrote the forward. He's one of the top entrepreneurs on the planet. I, uh, I've never met him in person ever. And that's where it's heading is more of those type of, if you want to call it virtual, I mean, uh, I think since COVID started, I've done maybe 10 in-person meetings. Most of those for, are for the entrepreneurial groups I'm in. One-on-one -on -one in-person meetings, I've done three since COVID started. 
So before COVID spent more time with my children than any dad I've ever met. And I just spend more time with them. And that's where I see it going. You have a captive audience, you have a captive audience. And then the true entrepreneurs realize, oh, wait, I really don't need to go anywhere. And I don't want to go anywhere. I want to spend time with, you know, loved ones, family, et cetera. And you can do both. I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole point of the book is you don't have to not see your family or not have a family for this life. That's the whole point. What does it take? Because this is, you know, prior to COVID, I mean, almost all of our meetings, we might have a phone call or something, but one thing COVID did do is it moved the world ahead massively in terms of technology utilization. Yes. What is that? And this is something I'm grappling with myself is what is the cutoff where the the virtual world is far less effective than mm-hmm. sitting down with a person? Have you noticed in, in, in your own life where there's been examples where this is fantastic? We can, you know, we can see each other's expressions. We're, we're being able to read each other a little bit, but there's nothing that quite replaces sitting at the same table with somebody. And what is where's that cutoff and where does it become necessary to make that time and financial investment to do that? Okay. So one, I appreciate that. I appreciate your learning brain and you just want the answer. I appreciate that. My answer is I am not going to waste time going away from my family if I don't have to. And it has to be such a high threshold to do that. I'll give you an example. One of uh, one of the PR partners my firm has, uh, again, I'm in Chicago. He's based in New Zealand, world traveler. And so he Um, This is one of the three one-on-one in-person meetings I've done since COVID started. So he came in from New Zealand into Chicago. I said, you know what? I'll drive. Okay. I'll drive 20. (laughs) I can do that. If you can come in from New New Zealand, Zealand. (laughs) I'll do it. it. Uh, It's funny, but, um, but to double down on that and to answer the other part of your question, the one thing that I've seen maybe one and a half things that I've seen from the benefits of in-person is you can see people's cadence. You can see how they react to something that you say, and there is value to that. There is value to that. Um, The other thing I've seen in person that's kind of a half thing is in group sessions, somebody might write something on a, a chalkboard or a marker board. And in zoom world, like, you know, it'll disappear in regular world. It'll stay there and then someone will keep talking and then you can, you can still see it. And then, you know, that conversation will allow you to really kind of visualize it and then put it together. That those are the only things that I've seen. And 99.9% of the time I'd much prefer to be home or, you know, virtually so I can spend time with my family. I mean, that's just, that's an easy decision for me. And there's, there's another thing that I've, that I've seen as well. I found there's only a few reasons why people really prefer to be in person, in person, in person. One, one is that they work at an office where like, you really need to be in a room, like an architect room. Like you need to see hand movements and physical drawings. I, I can understand that. The other one is they're they don't have the ability to stay focused in a home type environment. I would think someone with your Colby, that would be harder to stay focused because a high quick start, low follow through that's most visionaries, by the way. So they need to go somewhere where they can, where they can totally focus outside the office, outside the home where they can really focus. And then the third one, which I think is the most prevalent and the least talked about is they're miserable 
they're not happy where they are. They're not happy in their home life or wherever they really are. They want to be, but they don't really want to be. So they have to go somewhere to replace that. That's what I see most with entrepreneurs. They're not happy where they're at. So they have to go somewhere to make them happy. I'm just happy being at home with my family. It definitely comes across in the book too. And I think that's, uh, and that's, that's awesome. I, I think that's, uh, you know, priorities can definitely get twisted a little bit and, it, and it's pretty clear in the book that they're not in your case, in terms of that time with your family. Um, right. you talk you also, too, by the way, I would say with you too, you're very clear on that. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's, that's, um, my, it, it comes down to my family with, with everything. And I do, I was the guy during COVID and I gave my team here the option whether they wanted to work remotely or not. I, I had to come in the office. I, I live a mile away from my office. So, so it wasn't like I was doing a huge commute, but the, you know, the building was empty for about a month or so. And literally my car was the only one in the driveway, but or in the, in the parking garage. I want to talk about this concept of God winks mm-hmm. and tell me more about that. And you mentioned, obviously it was a term that was mentioned to you. It's a term I had heard before, mm-hmm. but I want to hear you expand on that. Sure. So again, I'm almost dead last in ideation. So grateful for ideators like you that provide great ideas and then I can activate, maximize, achieve. And that's literally what happened. So one of those ideators is Teresa Easler. Uh, she's a coach uh, within strategic coach. I'm very grateful to be in that group. Um, to, I'm very confident saying top entrepreneur group in the world. And then she's also an entrepreneur. And I used to think and I still do, but I, I stopped believing in randomness a long time ago. Like things are just meant to be. And I was talking to Teresa about that and she's like, oh, those are just God winks. I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. Activate, maximize, achieve that. And, you know, with God winks, you know, I think that some entrepreneurs get really stuck not believing in some type of higher, higher power. The only proof I need uh, that there's a higher powers that someone like my wife married someone like me. I mean, that makes absolutely no sense. People meet my wife. They're like, you know, she's nice and she's a pediatrician. She's really smart, pretty, like, it, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm, you know, I'm happy with who I am, but it's, she's like, <laughs> she's like an angel. So people get confused. That's the only proof I need that there's a higher power, but you know, I, I just don't believe in randomness. I believe that there's a, a higher power um, in control of things. And, and it's a very comforting thing to know that. So that's really what a God wink is. You know, I, I got, I got a small one for you too. So very few people know this and Eric doesn't even know this, but uh, I've spent the last about seven years working on a book that's going to finally get published in Q1. Yes. And, uh, and it basically, it's that year that I traveled, which I don't, I don't talk about that a ton of people. We've mentioned it a few times, but yeah, I took a year off and I traveled and I had no, I had no destination when I left New York right. and each connection led me to the next connection. And, uh, yeah. and so in the subtitle is, is God winks in my search for the golden seam, meaning the, the golden idea. Right, that connects so that's everything a God together. wink. Okay. Right. Yeah. So that's, you just answered. <laughs> and I read it. I read your book Sunday. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. It's the subtitle. Well, I book. don't, but that's not random. I mean, again, so, so, uh, so I'm an activator, maximizer, achiever. I only need to note, see that one time and be like, okay, maybe two times, but that's, that happens to me one to two times a day. Yeah. And again, this is why I really don't like talking unless it's like, it's in a format like this. Cause I listen and people tell me literally all the time. Oh, I never say this to anyone. First time I've ever told, cause I'll just sit here and listen when you ask good questions and then you just listen. then that's what, that's what happens. And then the person 
who came in from New Zealand. Uh, his name's Aiden Unninger. And um, you, one, you'd love talking to him. He's definitely off the grid now, but um, when he's back on, I'll introduce you to him. But please, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. So he he's he's traveled the whole world, and the chapter about him in the book is "Lead with Your Heart." And because when he was when we were meeting in Chicago, I'm like, "Well, where are you going tomorrow?" It's <laughs> like I don't know. I go, how are you? How are you making that decision? He's like, lead with your heart. So it sounds like that's what you kind of did on your dream, just like leading with your heart. Like that's a good idea. I'll do that. So activate, maximize, achieve, leading with my heart and with my life. I mean, so again, it's the same formula. It's the same answers. It's just talking to ideators, and they're like, oh, that's. That's what they do. So I'm like, I'll just incorporate that into my life. So what you just said, I would think most people would think that's complete randomness. Oh, that can't be happening. I'm like, well, that's just, that's just a Godwink. That's all it is. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, is I've spent the better part of, you know, again, several years working on this thing and we just finally got it back. Uh, final edits finally done. It's getting submitted uh, next week. Actually, Who's who's the publisher? Who's the publisher? I'm, I'm using, I'm using, I'm self-publishing through a group called the self-publishing school. Okay. SPS. I don't know if you're familiar with them. No. And, uh, but uh, yeah, so they're, they're going to do cover design and, and all that type of stuff. And it's kind of one of those things that uh, and my wife is like, you know, you should try to see if you could sell this. I, I, I was supposed to so much time in this thing. I just want to, I just want to get it out there. And then what's going to happen to it when it get out, when it gets out there will be what happens to it. But uh, it was real and originally written for my son because I wanted, there's a lot of lessons that I learned during right. that year. And after, after my son was born, I was like, I got to put this down. Cause I kept copious notes and, and, yeah. and it was, but, but I didn't realize until after I'd finished writing the thing that the, everything that occurred throughout the course of that year was the result of the prior connection. I'd meet somebody and they would introduce me to somebody in nice. their family. And next thing you know, you're staying with a family and it just, it just continued going like that for the entire time. But, yeah. um, well, that's what life up. is that's literally yeah. i mean i again like talk to me is meaningless meaningless without doing anything or having an answer i don't understand that so like like i haven't done anything outbound in a year i mean it's because you create value for highest people then you just create value for you so it eliminates this business owner i mean it just eliminates that now, the other thing that's really interesting because with colby you know it, it thanks for telling me it took you seven years seven years. Um, I wrote the manuscript for second book in 16 days and it was, it was done. So that's, that is, um, and it was in zone of genius, uh, what I'm good at. So that activate, maximize, achieve that. Um, now what did take time was getting the ideas for the chapters because it has to be a really good idea. Um, it has to be beyond a good one. And then I'll know it. Cause I, being low in ideation is a strength because you know if it's a really bad idea and then you know if it's an okay one and then you really know if it's a great one so the i started working on the the third book chapters um february 10th 2022 which is the day i finished the manuscript for the the second book um so i got about like 20 of those and when it gets to like you know 40 or 50 then i'll start writing the the third book but it takes time to get those great ideas because they're, they're really rare, a couple a month. So maybe one a week, one or two, maybe three every month. But one, one, one thing that I'm curious about too, is you're obviously read the book and you, and you get this, you take 
take complex ideas, you, you distill them and simplify them pretty clearly. Another one I love that I hadn't heard of before was naming your years. Yeah. And how, you know, with all of the things that you think you may want to accomplish in, in a coming year, how do you distill it down to, to, to one? I mean, in your case, Epic Life was this year, you know, you distilled it to one idea, right. but is that something challenging for you to do or is it pretty simple? No. Well, thank you again. Like, so one naming your years, that's an idea from Joe Martin, PR partner. He's an ideator. I'm like, Oh, that's a good idea. I'll do it. Okay. So that's again, another example of that. And then most of the, most of those ideas for those years. So 2020 was global growth, everyday global growth, global growth. So partners are PR partners around the world joined two top global entrepreneur group, actually three, three of them, top global entrepreneur groups. And then 2021 was no limits. So every day, no limits, no limits, no limits. So when you have no limits, there are no limits. 2022 Epic Life, the first book was called Epic Business. And then I was on a show like this and Bill Bloom, who's a great friend, PR partner, also in strategic coach is like, oh, just name the second book Epic Life. I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. I'll do that. And I'll name my year Epic Life. So that even the name of the book didn't come from someone like someone. It didn't come from me. It came from someone else. And then what happens is, again, being so low in ideation, the front runner right now for 2023 is simplicity, which is the, <laughs> the simplest word ever. Um, and I'm debating whether I'll do that or, or go with something more extravagant. But really, it's, it's one or two things because they have to be at a certain threshold to even you know, make the cut, whether it's a great idea or not. So and then again, with Godwinks, I know when, you know, when it's the right thing for sure. Like, it'll just be like, oh, that's, that's the right thing. And right now, right now, simplicity is the front runner, but we'll see if something else takes its place. You also mentioned there's a number and naming your years would, would definitely qualifies that you've got a number of rituals, you know, the, the gratitude note to your wife every single day, the naming your year and, and repeating that pretty consistently. Yep. Are you a person that needs to do that to crowd out? to crowd out the noise and or negativity or it, it, when did you kind of make a conscious decision to do that? So no one's ever asked me that. And that's a tremendous question. Um, my entire life is uh, good patterns, which become good habits. And that attracts, it attracts people that also have good habits, good patterns, and it repels people that are, you know, that, that don't. Um, and I have found that the more you simplify and the more you create good habits and good patterns, it's very difficult to let bad habits and bad patterns enter your life. So if it's a good habit and a good pattern, then I just keep doing it again, because high quick start, high follow through, high quick, say it, do it, say it, do it, say it, do it. It doesn't get forgotten about. And Again, with the gratitude, uh, first thing I do every day is a grateful journal to my wife. First, that's the first thing I do every day. And then run six days a week outside, no matter the weather conditions. I've done that since early days of journalism. So we're in Chicago. It's cold, hot, windy, rainy. I've done that outside, you know, three to five miles, six days a week. And then listen to shows like this. So you're feeding your brain, lungs, heart your body with, you know, good air and then good content. Um, and then the grateful journal on LinkedIn five days a week, Monday through Friday. Um, what I'm grateful for that day. It's like a commercial for other folks 
I, I think you've already commented on the one I did today. Mm-hmm. Saw it today, yeah. Yeah. So again, when you're constantly grateful and you do these great habits, it, it just attracts it just attracts the right people and just as importantly repels the wrong ones. But no, I mean patterns and habits, that's the most important thing. Because if you have the answer, if you have the habit, then then that's the answer. And then it just allows for greater and greater things to happen in your life. Yeah, I think it also puts other, you know, other activities and things into relief where, where if you're not doing it, you recognize it. Um, and I'm far from, I, I, I have a similar type version slightly differently before I go to bed at night, I do like a little 10 minute visualization of grateful things that, that occurred during the course of the day. Mm. Um, you have me thinking I should write them down <laughs> and I should probably be sharing more of them with my wife. That's for sure. But, um, but when you do that, you, you know, there's been so many times, even in the last couple of years where it's things have been challenging, obviously economically. And you look at a year like this year, you know, from, from an investment standpoint, it's been a challenging year. Let's not kid ourselves. But when I sit down and think at the end of the day, really think about everything that you've had the opportunity to be grateful for, you realize almost every single one of these days is arguably one of the most phenomenal days you ever have. You know, if you've got, if you had a great, you know, great experience with your family, you had maybe, you know, a great conversation with a client, um, you know, we're in Arizona right now where we're coming in now, the next six months is going to be absolutely incredible. And, and you start to, you start to recognize, um, all of the absolute amazing things that we are blessed with. And, and when your when your brain starts to sway from that, which mine can be prone to do, you recognize it faster. I think a lot of, a lot of good nuggets there again, not being in business. Most of my life was a great blessing because I just don't, it, all that stuff about rev yearly revenue and stuff or quarter i i people ask like do you live on a quarterly system i go no i don't uh, live and live my life i don't it just doesn't resonate with me but you know there's only there are only two questions only two that i ask myself every day only two that actually matter in terms of a 10x type situation so one is did i have a good experience that day with my family Okay, so every day the answer to that is yes. One, because I'm always home and something good always happens. And then two, did network grow on a global level? So certainly every Monday through Friday, that's the case. And I'm guessing on the weekends that happens too, because folks hear these type of things and or see them on social media. So all this other stuff I found takes care of itself because the answer to those first two are yes, because just simplify everything. So, so the other thing, the other thing is favorite book, by far, my dad's diary is the second favorite. And if you talk about overcoming things, no excuses, his diary is one of the greatest things ever written, but number one is man's search for meaning. So that's the phenomenal book. Yeah. Anyone. Yeah. So people like you always are. Oh yeah, of course. If anyone hasn't read that or, I mean, like, that's what I mean. There's <laughs> if you have anything to complain about, read that book. And by the way, I don't say this lightly, my dad's diary from the battle of the Hurricane forest towards the end of world war two um you saw the ex- some of the excerpts uh in the book in the epic life book it's pretty close <laughs> it's and you do have an intention to publish that next year right isn't that isn't that something um, that you're planning it on? is um i think what i'll do with it is it'll be it'll either be the third or fourth book that i publish and then there'll be some type of here's the reason why in terms of lessons for other entrepreneurs but like i mean what my dad 
again, you talk about God winks and not random and how we met my mom and, you know, how, you know, my wife and I met the day before she started medical school. So like, I, I just don't believe in randomness. I just don't, I think things are meant to be. And then that's my litmus test. Like my dad always said, the cream rises to the top. So you're either someone who can get back into a plane after another plane was shot down and you don't have a parachute or you're someone who can't do that. You'll make an excuse and entrepreneurs at the highest level, that's what separates them. They just would do that. They don't make excuses. And I'll ask you this. This will be a final question for you. Um, if you had, if you could have that moment where your father was here now, right now, what, yeah. What would you tell him and what do you think he would say about what you've created here in the last five and a half years? Uh, well, you know, I appreciate that. Um, Oh, my sons, I would, I would introduce him to my sons. That's what I would, that's what I would do. And then I'd just say, Hey dad, I missed you. And here's, here are your, uh, your, uh, soulmates right here. These little, these little wild maniacs that were, (laughs) that's what I would do. But I, you know, again, like, that's why you never, you never stop. I know he's proud of me. And then having that diary is such a gift because like, Anytime a little excuse might pop in, I'd, you know, just go down and read that diary. <laughs> like, eh, not going to happen. <laughs> but no, I mean, thanks for asking that. You know, most kids, most sons, I think have good, most of them have good relationships with their dad. I mean, mine was different because my dad was 61 when I was born and it survived basically everything that you can imagine. And then by the time he was raising us, he was, you know, just grateful to be alive and certainly grateful to have children. So I got all this wisdom with like this, like a little kid, like a little kid raising us with like, no, no barriers, no, um, no rules. (laughs) So like my wife always, my wife's a pediatrician. She says she has three kids, our two sons and me, uh, they're 10 and eight. I'm probably five, maybe four, probably (laughs) regressing in that way for sure. So it's like a little kid, but that's, that's actually fun to be like that. Yeah. Well, let me, let me, uh, I'll end with this. So, and I encourage everybody again, first 10 people that reach out and say, you know what? I love this podcast. Enjoyed it. I'm sending I'm gonna send them a copy of Epic Life. I'd encourage everybody to follow you. I'm, I'm not on any social media except for LinkedIn. That's basically it. I don't do the Facebook or the Instagram company does, okay. but I don't. Um, but, um, anybody, people want to reach out to you, want to learn more about you, want to learn more about your books. How, how do they find you? Yeah. Uh, Justin Breen on LinkedIn is fine. And then um, the website is brepicllc.com. Awesome. Hey, I know how much uh, your time means to you. And I know that uh, the, the almost hour now we spent together was an hour that you were not with your wife and your kids. So. They're, in, they're downstairs. They're downstairs. <laughs> But I, I really appreciate, Justin, I really appreciate you taking the time to have this conversation today. And, uh, and thank you. Thank you again for, for, uh, you'll be, you'll be in my, in my gratitudes that I reviewed today, the, the, the conversation we've had together. So, so I really appreciate this time we spent together. Yeah. Congrats on your book, the God winks. And then a book is the key that opens up endless doors. That's what it is. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, I, Justin, I'm just going to echo what he said. This has been phenomenal. Um, I've been blessed and and uh, grateful just to be a fly on the wall and to listen to your conversation and get to know you through this podcast. Thank you again for being here and taking the time out of your day. Brent, of course, you're the man. Uh, you always bring on amazing guests, and this had so much value to me. And so I appreciate you doing that. 
And of course, our last thank you always goes to you, listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Smart Money Simplified podcast with Brent Mikosh. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Brent comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review, as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at MP Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Smart Money Simplified Podcast. Have any questions about topics covered during the show? Visit www.smartmoneysimplified.com or give us a call at 602-255-0555. Don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the hosts and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Raymond James Financial Services Incorporated. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your individual situation. Securities are offered through Raymond James Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors Incorporated, MP Advisors, LLC, is not a broker slash dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services.